Hello, welcome back to episode three of The Usual Spot, your favorite spot for current trends and tropes in modern gaming. For episode three, we're going to call back to something I mentioned back in the first episode, that Animal Crossing New Horizons was getting its own direct event in the same fashion as the Nintendo Direct, but dedicated solely to Animal Crossing content. And there's a lot of stuff that was revealed that I want to talk about that highlights kind of a bigger trend going on in, with Nintendo in general right now. But first of all, I would just want to get into what was actually revealed at the event. Nothing all that groundbreaking in my opinion, even though I am still a little excited about it. I'm very mixed as well, and we'll get to that later. First of all, one of the things I'm the most excited about was Brewster being added back into the game. He was originally in New Leaf, and he's a bird that serves you coffee. He has a coffee shop on the island and in the town, and it's not all that in-depth. I mean, it doesn't do much, really. It's just there for looks and to be cute, a place you can go in there and order a cup of coffee. And you know. It makes you feel a lot more homey, though. You know, it really makes it, it kind of just completes the whole town, the whole, like, vacation aspect of things. It feels more in place in New Leaf because it's not on an island. But I have a feeling they're going to end up theming the coffee shop a little bit more to fit more with the tropical setting. So I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. But this is one of many things, and you're probably going to hear me say this a lot, that honestly should have been there from the start and just wasn't, in my opinion. The next being the boat trips with Cap'n. Again, Animal Crossing New Leaf, like my favorite part of that game, was going on the boat with Cap'n, having him take you to the island where you could then hatch beetles and sell them like for a ton of bells back at your home and they're just in general the island music was so nice and cute and mellow i loved it i used to listen to it to go to sleep to back in high school so it's like that's like my favorite part of that whole game was going to the tortimer island and you can just hang out there for hours on end and it's just so lovely and nice to be there i used to just like leave my 3ds open while i was on the island in the middle of the night because i just liked the music so much and i wanted to hear it before I realized I can just look up the song on YouTube, but still, I, I always missed him, and I always felt like, it's, it's like, how is he not in New Horizons, which is literally based around island living? That's his whole thing. How is he not already here? He's my favorite part of New Leaf, and it's, so it is nice to see him back, but he kind of feels expected. I feel like they, they arbitrarily cut him from the game for the purpose of adding him in later, and the fact that the islands you go to don't even really do much different than your than the islands you can fly to with the, the uh, Nook Miles at the Dodo Airport. It feels like they kind of just added in an arbitrary function to justify Captain being back in the game. And not that I'm mad that he's there, obviously, but the islands you can visit on his boat trips are basically just the same. Like I said, they're the same as the Dodo Airport islands, except they can have different seasons than your main island does. So if it's summer on your island, you could sail to another island and maybe it'll be fall for instance and then you can get different things accordingly that way you're not restricted to only one time of year for certain things like you know if you really need a certain type of bug or fish that only spawns in certain times of the year you can go to another island and get it that way so i mean that's that's cool i guess that's a decent feature but it does kind of feel like they were trying to shoehorn in a way for captain to be useful because you already have the thing that he was used for in the original in uh, New Leaf. And beetles aren't worth nearly as much as they were in, this, in that game now. So it's like, he serves a completely different purpose and it feels a little bit forced in a way. But I'm open to seeing him and I'm glad he's here at least. You know, I'm not going to complain that much. But it just feels like it should have been there from the start. 
Now, they did add some stuff to Harv's Island. Uh, if you don't know, Harv is the hippie dog guy who takes photos of you and your villagers. And the reason I say that is because I've pretty much never used him. I mean, I, I, I understand it's a niche thing. Some people like it. I'm not hating, you know. Some people like going over there. To, you, can take, you can take pictures of your villagers. You can pose them in cute ways and stuff like that. And it is cute. But I just never really used it myself. It's not something I was that interested in doing. They are finally adding some more stuff to it. Namely, that you can go there. They're going to open shops. Supposedly, Kix is getting a shop. They're adding Katrina, the fortune teller. Who was kind of fun at New Leaf. You could talk to her and she would tell you what clothes to wear to give you good luck. Or how to avoid falling in a pitfall. Or... Uh, not get stung by a bee or something like that so you know she was kind of fun but again it was kind of I never really used her that much because it was you have to pay bells to get her to tell you a fortune and the stuff she would tell you was largely unimportant anyway like falling in a pitfall okay takes two seconds to get out you get stung by a bee just use some medicine like it's not a huge deal really but whatever you know it's cool she's there it's a something fun to do I guess it adds a little more depth to the game we also got gyroids coming back which, from New Leaf, are the little noise-making totem-looking guys that you could dig up and collect them. They actually did kind of improve these from the original. I'll give them this one. They can play music in the house. So, you know, you can arrange them to play different tunes and things like that, according to decorations. And so they have a little bit more of a purpose outside of just collecting all of them for the sake of it. So, you know, if gyroids were something you liked from New Leaf, which I was mixed about myself. I didn't use them a ton, but... They were cool, and I did collect them. I just didn't display them in my house. So that is something that might be fun. Having a You could have a whole backyard full of gyroids and arrange them to play music. That's cute. I'm not mad at that. We also have new KK songs, which again, kind of to be expected. If you're a collector of the songs, it's kind of fun. But it's, it's a little short-lived, because once you get all of them, you're kind of already done now. It doesn't really add any long-term content, considering, especially if you time travel, you could get all of the songs in a matter of a few hours. And if you don't, it'll only take you maybe couple weeks or so and you can probably get all of them pretty easily so i mean it's cool to see that they're adding more variety to the music at least you know i always have music playing in my house in the game and so being able to change the tune what plays on my radio is definitely nice they're also expanding the photo mode on the nook phone a little bit i never really expected them to worry about Animal Crossing is not particularly the kind of game I would have expected to have like an in-depth photo feature, but most games do it these days. So it basically, I mean, and I, and I love photo modes in most games anyway. So the one in New Horizons before this was admittedly lacking. You could pose and do your little emotes and the reaction commands and things like that with some of your villagers. You could stand there and pose with them and sit on the floor and look cute and take pictures with them that way. But it really wasn't much to it. You're just posing in a, you know, background is whatever background you make it for what you're sitting in front of. So it wasn't all that in-depth. So now they're adding it to where you can actually pose with them. You can make them smile. You can do all of this other cute stuff. I don't know the specific details behind it, but it definitely looks a lot more in-depth than what they had before. You can pose with your favorite villagers in a much more dynamic way, which I think is cool. Probably one of the biggest things from the free update, which I'll get to later, there is also a paid update is the gardening and food crafting. You can grow food, you can make dishes with the food and the ingredients. If you don't know food, if you eat something edible in the game, it buffs your strength so that you can smash rocks and cut down trees in one swing. So that's helpful. That actually does come in handy quite a bit. Granted, you can just eat an apple and it serves the same purpose as like a bowl of minestrone soup might, for instance, but at least this time, you know, it adds more depth and more of a reason to have a garden and a kitchen and all of this stuff. And 
you can have your friends over for a virtual dinner party, which is kind of cute. But again, crafting is already a feature in the game, so this kind of feels like something that should have been there from the start, considering it's like the ability to craft food using ingredients that you can already grow to begin with is like kind of a given for a game that revolves around crafting. The last thing that I want to get to, which leads me into my next point of discussion, is the Happy Home Paradise update, which is paid DLC. It's $25. It's essentially just a standalone game expansion for New Horizons that lets you design homes for villagers on like island resorts. It's basically a sequel to Happy Home Designer. In essence, it's mostly optional, meaning like you can get by without buying it, but they did lock certain house building techniques, like the ability to build outdoor partitions, for instance, behind the DLC's paywall, which is something I have a little bit of a, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth a little bit to lock things like, you know, just expanding the crafting and the ability to put furniture outside in a way that like you have to buy a DLC that is basically a successor to a game not a lot of people even really played all that much anyway, just to get a couple extra building techniques. It's, it kind of represents the larger trend of Nintendo putting key elements of games behind DLC that's essentially just cut content. And this is something they've been doing for a while, where they'll release a game in essentially a beta stage and sell it at full price and then give you the rest of it later through either free updates or paid DLC. Pokemon Sword and Shield is probably the prime example of this, where they sold the game at $60 and you could beat it in a matter like maybe a couple dozen hours, not even that. And like two-thirds of the entire Pokemon list was cut from the game. They added some back later with extra spaces and extra DLC and extra Pokemon that ended up... We ended up finding out that was actually part of the original game's coding to begin with. And all they really did was expand upon it slightly and release it to you as DLC. So it was cut content that was developed for the original game that was then re-released later and charge money for. Now, I don't know how much of a role Nintendo played in that versus Game Freak, but the problem persists in Nintendo's mainline franchises as well, and it is evident tenfold in Animal Crossing New Horizons. The reason New Horizons sold so well to begin with, in my opinion, because it was something to do during lockdown. The actual content of the game is fairly barren once you get your bearings. Once you get your house set up, you get your town kind of going, there's really not much to do other than just going around catching fish and things. And once you finish your museum, even that isn't really all that useful anymore. So I finish most of my usual tasks in the game in like less than an hour. And then I just move on and play something else. People find ways to occupy themselves. I mean, I know people that play the game for hours at a time still, and that's fine. You know, people take a lot of effort into designing their islands. There's obviously things people like about this game, but... Are those things really popular enough to warrant a $60 price tag for what is essentially now being shown to basically be half of the game we were originally given now? Like, it's something that sticks with me a lot when I think about this, that they added things like the ability to dive for oysters and sea creatures, which was a key element of New Leaf, later on, months after the fact, which, sure, it did expand the lifespan of the game, but it already wasn't struggling to begin with. They could easily have had that in there, and it would only have... I mean, it's, it's not as if it significantly added to the time people spent in the game, because you could still catch most of the stuff in the course of a single day if you were lucky enough. It seems strange, and it's something that they do a lot, and I'm sure everybody else has noticed this. 
The Nintendo Online Plus that they announced recently is also a bit overpriced. Basically what that is an expansion of the Nintendo Online subscription that you already have to pay to play online. But they jacked up the price by $30 and added Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games and such to it. Which is cool on paper, except for when you think about the fact that they basically are adding inferior versions of games that have already had re-releases on other consoles that are almost objectively better. For instance, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I'm probably going to make someone mad with this, but the original Nintendo 64 version of that game, certain parts of it are bordering on unplayable with how badly they've aged. That's not to say the game is bad, it's a product of the time, but... It had a 3DS re-release that pretty much fixed all of those problems and made the game so much better and so much easier to play, and that is definitely the definitive way to play the game. And yet what they're doing is charging you for a service to play the worst version of the same game. Now, I understand Ocarina of Time is far from the only game being added to this, but it's also just, are people really, like, that big of a fan of the Nintendo 64 that they don't already... It seems like anybody who really likes those games to that point is already going to own them anyway. And a lot of recent releases in general have been just ports of older games with slight improvements that they then charge full price for. For instance, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is definitely an improvement on the original game, but it's $60 for a decade-old game from the Wii era. Considering the changes were only slightly higher resolution and 60 FPS support, which is shoddy anyway, charging full price for a game that came out over 10 years ago, when all you did was upscale the resolution a little bit, it, it, it just it doesn't sit right. And sure, I mean, some of those improvements are genuinely better than the original game, but some improvements were also locked behind Amiibo figures, which is only increasing the price of admission even more. Because now you have to buy separate accessories aside from the original game to even be able to access the new stuff they added to begin with. The same is true for Mario 3D All-Stars. I will say, at least with that one, you're getting three games for one price. But they made it a limited release. So you could only buy the game on the online store up until March of this year, I believe. So it's been long gone now. Of course, you can still find copies of it, physical copies of it in most retail stores from what I've seen, but... It's just that it, it seems to me that they were selling that. It was definitely a marketing campaign. They wanted the games to sell. They really didn't improve them at all. It's literally just vanilla ports of the original games scaled up onto the Switch and sold to you for $60, and people ate it up. It's, I mean, we're speaking with our wallets here, and this is where it comes from. It's, they keep releasing these things, and we keep complaining about them, but people keep buying them. And that's the issue, is that that's the reason prices never go down. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out seven years ago. Well, the original Mario Kart 8 came out seven years ago, rather. And when they ported it to the Switch and charged $60 for it, people justified it, saying, all right, they added all the DLC, they added all this extra stuff that, you know, quality of life improvements on the Switch and charged $60 for it. It was basically a launch title, if I'm not mistaken. So I can understand why they might, I guess to an extent, I can understand why people might justify that price, but... The problem is, it's now seven years later, and the game is still $60. It seems strange to me that a game has not depreciated in value in, you know, the better half of a decade. It's a launch title. I mean, most launch titles on the PlayStation, for instance, you can buy Uncharted 4. Now, that's not a launch title, mind you. 
That's that's the thing that even make that makes this even worse. You can buy old games like Uncharted 4 on the PlayStation for $20. In fact, you can play it for free if you have a PS5 now. They've been promoting their first party games so much you can play a lot of them for less than 20 bucks now. Nintendo does not do that. And the reason they don't do it is because people keep buying it. Breath of the Wild is the same instance, $60. It came out years ago. It has a, no new content except for paid DLC that is also increasing the price. So not only are you paying $60, but the access majority of the things the longtime Zelda fans would want to see in the game to begin with, you have to pay another 30 bucks to get all of the DLC with it. Most mainline game, Nintendo games in general just never decrease in price no matter how old they get. And it's because people keep buying them. So Nintendo has learned they can sell us unfinished games, they can cut content from the game, and they can release things that came out a decade ago for full price, and they will sell. Because it has the Nintendo seal on it. I think this speaks to the general trend in gaming right now in general, is that a lot of people don't take it seriously anymore as an artistic form. There used to be a huge push just a few years ago that you know, video games were just as artful as a movie or a TV show or a book might be because they involved story crafting and world building and all of these character elements and, you know, and concept art and writing and all of those things that make a movie or a video game kind of in the same realm. So that argument is always met with criticism from the fact that video games lately have pretty much exclusively been profit-minded and companies like nintendo are at the forefront of that they are the ones that are creating products rather than art and games like animal crossing now this isn't always the case i'm not saying that nintendo games are not artful or that they don't they don't put artistic elements into their games because they certainly do i mean breath of the wild is a beautiful game it's hugely you know it was definitely worth 60 dollars at launch and i'm also not saying that nintendo is exclusive to this i mean playstation does it too all, you know, pretty much every gaming company is incredibly predatory when it comes to their economic decisions. I don't think that it's fair to never let that depreciate in value. You, you can buy a film like Avengers Endgame on Blu-ray at Target for like 20 bucks, but you can't buy a copy of Breath of the Wild, which came out four years ago now and cost a fraction of the price to make. And it's three times the price. Now, I understand that those are very different mediums that require very different levels of talent and abilities that go into them. But a movie like that, with that much scale and that much special effects going on, is hugely different in terms of budget than a video game is, even for Nintendo. I mean, that movie probably costs three times as much to make. So as a result of that, not like more than that, I mean, it cost billions to make that movie. And a game like Breath of the Wild probably only, maybe, you know, maybe cost a couple dozen million dollars, something like that. I don't know the budgets behind it, but it certainly did not cost nearly as much. And yet they're charging, you know, you can get a movie ticket for $15 and go see that. But you got to pay 60 to play the game. And I understand the game has a lot more content, it's a lot more interactive. I'm not complaining at the $60 price tag for a new video game. I'm complaining that it never goes down from that, no matter how long you wait. And Nintendo is the only company where that is the case. I could go to GameStop right now and buy a copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake for 35 bucks, But I can't go to GameStop and buy a new copy of Breath of the Wild for the same price. Despite it having been out 
for twice the amount of time by now. The release it now, finish it later mentality is exactly the reason why a lot of people don't take gaming seriously as an art form anymore. So it's hard to justify when I know that it's depreciating the value of the work and the effort and the talent that goes into these games when they're just being taken and sold as products instead of actually being appreciated artistically like they should be. And Animal Crossing New Horizons is a prime example of that. I don't think it's bad. I'm going to play it. I know that it's, you know, I'm excited for what they're adding. I wish it was there sooner, and I'm not expecting anything to change. But I do think, at the very least, we can speak with our wallets, and we can say, we don't like what's going on. We wish you guys would release these products in the state that they should be in from the get-go, rather than giving us the content later. The only way we can do that is with our money. We can choose not to support practices that we don't agree with, and we can tell them we'd rather see something more fruitful come out of this to begin with. This is probably wishful thinking. I'm probably being too optimistic about this, but I think it's at least something to keep in mind, you know, the next time a big release like this happens. Don't support the things you don't support, and it's that simple. And I'm not asking anybody to never buy Nintendo games again, by any means. I mean, I'm, I just, I bought Skyward Sword HD. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I know everybody's guilty of this. It's just something I noticed, and it's something I thought I should point out. Keep it in mind, you know? Look into products before you buy them, and make sure that you're okay with what you're getting before you pay for the price of admission. That's all I'm asking. If you want to catch me next time, not quite sure what the topic of next episode will be, but... It'll be something. <laughs> we'll figure that out when I get there. But in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at ZachRTheGreat, Z-A-K-A-R-TheGreat. Keep in touch with me on there. And you can tell me, you know, if you want to talk to me about your favorite Nintendo games or you disagree with me or, you know, you don't like what I think, you want to defend your favorite gaming company, go for it. I want to hear what you have to say. Or if you have an idea for an episode or you have something you want to talk about, Hit me up, you know? I'll, I'll discuss it. We can talk about it online. Maybe I can turn it into an episode. Who knows? So, feel free to contact me on there. And until next time, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.